0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. It's great to be here. As uh, Murray says, I'm Tim. Uh, I'm married to Adriana, who's there. Woo! Yes, yes. Woo! <laughs> huh? Okay. See you. Do do, do do you usually heckle in this church? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just me? It's just Keith. It makes you feel welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we miss Keith in Hereford. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we have two daughters, uh, Gabrielle, who's 18, and Natasha, who's 16 there in Hereford. Gabrielle is playing mm-hmm. uh, worship in Hereford this morning. Uh, we... In case you don't know, we actually, me and Adriana, with a group of those, planted this church up in Tudorville uh, 10 years ago, I think it was. We start, and uh, we remember also uh, once a month in the afternoons, we used to meet with New Life Church, John and Sue, and uh, Enika and Layla were there. Uh, Layla used to uh, help with the children's work to our children. Remember that? Yeah, uh, right, uh, back in that room. So uh, we have fond memories of this place. Uh, to be together with a new life um, is the best for this sound so yeah uh that says we're back in Hereford now have been for uh, ten uh, no, about eight years um so here's here's the sermon that I prepared um but uh, almost annoyingly this morning as I was uh, praying, God spoke something else to me, so i'm not really sure where this is going but um <clears throat> john four um it's not going to be on the uh, my PowerPoint, but John four. If you want to open your Bible, John four, the story of Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman, which you, uh, uh, many of you know quite well. John four verse four says, "I'll give you a chance to find that if you want to follow that." I know in the Hereford there's a clock at the back, uh, and there isn't here, so that's. I'll just scowl at you. <laughs> I'll not going to look at Murray at all. Very dangerous. As I'm off script as well, it's even more dangerous. Uh, verse 4, uh, John 4, verse 4 says, Now he, this is talking about Jesus, had to go through Samaria. He was on his way to, uh, the story, he was on his way to somewhere else. And he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. And Jacob's son Joseph, has the sound gone? No? Still here? Uh, Joseph Japer's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus uh, answers a perfectly normal question with a really bizarre answer, saying, you could have asked me for living water, offers living water. Just to be clear what that living water is, in John 7 uh Verse 37, Jesus said this, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. So he's talking about the Spirit here. When he says to this lady, He would have given you living water. Then verse 11, back to John 4. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as he did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He talks in the two places there about living water that's flowing within us, the Holy Spirit. But what spoke to me this morning is that this woman came, like she did every day, with a certain expectation, which was she's going to go to the well and get some water and go back home with the water. And we often, in our daily routines, have a as an expectation, so we come to church and we expect, and that we're going to sing some songs, we're going to feel God's presence, and we're going to have a brilliant sermon from Tim. No comment, okay? <laughs> and and our, our expectation is capped. Now, Adriana um, recently went to a different church, but, but not you know not because I was preaching, but because. <laughs> because she had to go to London. And so she, she went to this uh, Holy Trinity, Bob, Bob Dynasty, and she said, I had a greater expectation um, because I thought it's different. Nobody will know me, maybe somebody will give me a word. Somebody will come to me and, and, and encouragement from nowhere. I've got no responsibility here. And that was that greater expectation, which she knows wasn't really correct because God is here as well and is in Hereford. But what she expected didn't happen. Actually, even greater, she led somebody to Christ uh, after the service in the Science Museum uh, that she'd met in the service. And that, yeah, you could clap if you like. She led somebody to Christ. Oh, thank you for your spontaneous applause. Uh, and, and so I felt this when God was saying, raise your expectation. What is your expectation? Because, you know, even his disciples had a low expectation that day. Because, you know, it was exciting being with Jesus. They'd seen miracles, they'd seen healings. But this was a slow day because when Jesus said, I'm going to sit here, they all decided, they, they all needed, it was necessary for 12 of them to go and buy food. It was, there was nothing going to happen around Jesus. It was going to be pretty dull. Yeah? They didn't bother to stay. And they, they missed out on the start of this great story. And so today... I want to challenge our expectation on what's going to happen. Yeah? God can move today. I love that song we sang last song. God, Jesus, his name is power. His name is healing. His name is what else? Life. Declare his name over family. So we're going to do that now. We're going to, we're going to, we did it already. I'm not saying we didn't do it. But let, we're going to pray for healing now. So I want you to, um, let's all stand. If you, if you want to receive prayer for healing, can you just put your hand up? You need prayer for healing. And right, so if you haven't got your hand up, look around, somebody's got their hand up, and I'm going, I might have to move. So his name is healing, yeah. Do we believe that? Is Jesus here? Is Jesus here? Yeah. So let's start to declare his healing over these people. Father, in Jesus' name, let's all do it together. We declare in Jesus, your name is healing. In your name, you heal. From sickness, you've been delivered from mental illness. You've been delivered from anxiety. We pray in Jesus' name. You come right now. We declare your name over every sickness, and we command healing. You told us to go and preach the good news and to heal the sick. In Jesus' name. We command healing in every person that needs healing today, Father. Come, come by your power, Lord. Your name is power. Your name is healing amongst us in power and healing, Father. We expect this of you missed it. It's not my idea, it's not our idea, it's your idea to heal the sick. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a sense of a heart condition, that somebody, uh, God wants to heal a heart condition particularly, and God wants, I'm saying this because you, I feel God wants to say because uh, you, you won't necessarily know right now, but God wants to, to say he's healing that heart condition right now. I pray that you would put that heart back to normal, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would uh, heal it. you created our every being, Lord. I pray you'd take away pains, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Okay, uh, if, if you know that you've been healed now it would be great for you to say um, if you know by the end of the meeting it would be great for you to say but you know sometimes we don't always know Amen? Anybody know right now that they felt God touched them? No? That's fine We live by faith We live by faith So I'm not really sure I'd I'm not entirely sure where the Holy Spirit's leading, but I know He's leading. So we'll we'll kind of get into the what I've prepared. So um, we're in. You're in a series of the Holy Spirit, and I want to talk about today about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I guess you know people that if they say they're going to do something, you know they'll do it to the best of their ability. If they are able, they will do it. Yep. Yeah. And you think? Yep. That's done. They've said they'll do it. I can leave that. God is like that, and He has all ability. So, if He promises something, we can be sure that that will happen. Amen. And there's lots of promises in the Bible regarding the Holy Spirit. And uh, but if you like me, you've also heard some lies or some mistruths or some misteaching that may confuse you. Anybody heard those? Just me. Yeah. So I want to address some of the lies. And focus on the promises. Okay, um, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is right through the Bible, right from Genesis to Revelation. In the Old Testament, uh, His the Holy Spirit, His interaction with people was generally, um, occasionally, on a few chosen people, but not generally on everybody. It was, and so, for example. Uh, in the book of Judges, it talks about Samson, and it says many times the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, upon Samson in power. And it would come upon him, and then leave him, and come back again for, for specific times. But it wasn't generally everybody that received the Holy Spirit. So the first lie, one of the lies I've believed, is that I'm not one of those chosen to have the Holy Spirit come upon me in power to be filled. I'm not one of those. It might, it might be that in this room, everybody else is chosen, but not me. Anybody believe that lie? Just me. Okay. So let's look at the truth anyway. There is a promise. The first promise of God is that we will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when we become Christians, we receive the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But the Bible also speaks about Baptism in the Holy Spirit. But it's immersion. Yeah? So baptism in the Bible was immersion. Being absolutely soaked. You don't go in and out and and come out dry. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is the same. That we are drenched in the Holy Spirit. Now, in in the the, uh, New Testament, there was different ways that seemed to happen. Many people in the New Testament became Christians and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. That was a common experience. But there are times in the, in the New Testament where people became Christians and then later received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And so our experiences are different too. But the point we need to focus on is that God promises to baptize in the Holy Spirit. So let's look at... The, uh, there's lots of, there's lots of uh, scriptures I could read but I'm going to read this one in Acts 1. So this is Jesus, uh, is, well, is, I'll read it. Acts 1, verse 4. Uh, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 8 says, You, Jesus said... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promised his disciples that he would pour out his Spirit. Then one chapter later, Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, it says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then uh, verse 16, when the crowd gathered to see what was happening, Peter explains it and he says this, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel so he explains this uh, occurrence of the holy spirit falling and he says it's what is in the old testament uh, and he quotes joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So, we must be in the last days because Peter said, he quoted Joel. In Joel it says in some versions, and after that, I will pour out my spirit in all flesh in in some versions in the last days. And, And Peter declares, we're in the last days. We're in the last days because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Peter said so. Now, I know that in some churches, I don't know what your background of church is, everybody, they say the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given in the New Testament um, in those days because the New Testament hadn't yet been written. And now that we have the Bible, we don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't believe the Bible says that. I believe the Bible says that in the last days, God will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. And it's all. It's not everybody but Tim, as I used to believe. I'll I'll explain why. It's everybody. You'll notice that in that scripture, they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not most of them, they were all. The second lie I have believed many times is that I have missed out. Have you ever not been to a meeting and everybody comes back and says, oh, it was amazing. The Spirit just fell. It was We just were so full and uh, the speaker was amazing and he just prayed for everybody and the Spirit fell on them and they were so full. And you think, I've missed it. Blown it. Blown it. That's my chance gone. I wasn't in the right place at the right time with the right anointed person. Jesus promised that the Father would fill us with the Holy Spirit. Not some fancy preacher, or not in some particular way. God fills us with the Holy Spirit. He promises it. There's a story in the Bible where God says to Moses, choose 70 men, I'm going to take the Holy Spirit that's on you, and then put it on these 70 men. And they all gather in front of the, uh, of the tent of meeting, and uh, except two who decide they won't go to the meeting. And they stay up back in their, their tent, and the Holy Spirit comes on these seventy, uh, and they all prophesy as as the Holy Spirit is poured on them. And those two that stayed at home prophesy as well in their home. So they didn't miss it because God had promised it. We can't believe those lies that we've missed it. I I I've believed that. Oh, if I only been there. And that person pray for me. No, God promises. So here's another lie. I think that God wants me to wait. God wants me to wait. So Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. But when the Holy Spirit came, Paul announced that we're now in the last days and nobody in the Bible has ever been told to wait since. And so Paul um, discovered some disciples that hadn't been baptised in the Spirit and he didn't tell them to wait. He, he, he baptised them in water properly because they hadn't happened and then he laid hands on them and prayed for them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. He didn't tell them to wait. He didn't say maybe it's not time yet. Another promise. Jesus, I've read this already. I'm going to read it again. That Jesus says, Come. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. whom those who believed in him were later to receive, up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Sorry, yeah, it's there. Jesus has been glorified. He's gone to heaven. And he sent the Holy Spirit, so there's no reason why we can't receive the Holy Spirit. The third lie, or on three, fourth, what I know, is I am not enough to receive the Spirit. I'm not good enough. I am not um, sin-free enough to receive the Holy Spirit. Is anybody sin-free enough? How much is enough? Eighty percent. 20%, 99%. How good do you think you need to be to receive from a holy God perfect? Never good enough, but Jesus has made it. Look at the life of Samson. He was, he was a, a womanizer. He was a drunk. He, he had a messed up life. A good God poured out his spirit on him. I haven't got enough faith. Not that one. But then we're starting to put faith in our own faith rather than faith in the promise of God. I'm not committed enough. Now, when I, when I first became a Christian, shortly after I became a Christian, I was outside a church, uh, an Anglican church, and people were talking about something. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? And they said, oh, it's a bit controversial. It's a long time ago. It was contro- the baptism of the Holy Spirit was con- controversial then, and they wouldn't talk to me about it. And so I asked my friend, And he told me about the baptism of the Spirit. And he said, for me, it was a a deeper level of commitment. And I thought, oh, do I want that? It's not a deeper level of commitment. It's not. It's for beginners. A baptism of the Holy Spirit is for beginners. It's like if we send soldiers into war and they go into a battle and after a few months we say, you've done really well, you've fought really well. So you've done so well, we're now going to give you a gun. (laughs) No, God does not send us into a battle without the power. It's It's not for experts, not for experienced people, committed people. It's for beginners. God poured out his spirit on people who just became Christians. And then he said to me, I was desperate, I was desperate then to receive the Holy Spirit. He says, do you want me to... Do you want me to pray for you now? Or anything? do you want to wait? Do you feel you're ready? And I thought, oh, I was so excited. But when he said, when he planted that seed, there was a possibility that somebody couldn't be ready, that I knew that I was that person. I didn't know what I had to do to get ready, but I knew I wasn't ready. And I said, no, I'll wait. Wrong. Wrong teaching. You have to be ready. How ready can you be? not enough jesus didn't say come to me all those who are good enough he said come to me all those who are thirsty god wants to fill the thirsty anybody thirsty it's been a bit dry of the holy spirit god wants to fill you and the promise to those that aren't sin free enough luke 11, 13 says this. Jesus said this. If you then, though you are evil, I like the way he says, you, you, evil people, just want to make it clear, you're evil. Okay. Yeah. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father give in heaven, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him? Father gives to evil people who ask him. That. It gives to evil people the Holy Spirit. Anybody not evil here? He's not sure about whether he should put your hand up on that. <laughs> we have been made right to something, but you know we're not we're not perfect. We sin, and he puts it very starkly. Evil. It seems very strong, but I think he's trying to make a point. God, God gives not because we're good enough, because we'll never give enough. Here's another lie that I've believed a few times. I just want to say, if you're not good enough without God, you'll never, you know, you'll never be good enough. We need the Holy Spirit to even get any better. Like The the next lie that I've believed is that if you didn't receive the Holy Spirit, like in the way that other people received it, then you didn't receive it. So, I've been in meetings where the Holy Spirit's moved and people have been just laughing with joy in the Holy Spirit, and I have been almost weeping with commitment as God works in me by his Spirit on some things inside. It's not what the outside, it can be different for everybody. Uh, you look back, we've looked back at Acts, we read earlier Acts 2. Paul, uh, Peter, when he quotes, quotes, um, Joel. He reads, he, he, he speaks of some of the signs of the Holy Spirit coming, which are your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see driven, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, I'll pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. And he said. That's happened today. None of those things that are in Joel happened. Nobody prophesied. Nobody had a dream or a vision that we know of. And what was the other one? No, that was it. None of that happened. But what happened was that they spoke in tongues, which wasn't in Joel. That what appeared like tongues of fire appeared on their heads, which wasn't in Joel. Joel. But Peter knew it's this, it's the Holy Spirit. How he knew, I don't know. Well, God told him. But it, it, it was com- looked completely different from what it said. And so <clears throat> I've been meeting with where the power of the Holy Spirit's come on, people, where they haven't been able to stand, and they've, they've fallen or laid down on the floor. And I have been there asking to receive the Holy Spirit, and I've opened my eyes, and everybody's on the floor, Except me. And one other person. Same person every time. But, and I, I know when the, there was a few years ago a move of the spirit called the Toronto Blessing. And I know a couple of people, a group of people went to Toronto and they, I, he, he'd, he'd just fall on the floor every time, every meeting, and he'd, he'd laugh, and he'd shout, and he'd cry out, and he was grown. And another guy with him would just stop. Just stand there and receive and and but what their their story at the end was they were so deeply changed by the Holy Spirit. It's not what we see on the outside, it's what happens on the inside. So don't think that that what you see being different from what you experience means that you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. God promised to fill you with power. Yeah? Didn't Didn't say what that would look like. He just promised to fill us with power. There's the guy that prophesied the Toronto outpouring, uh, which and he prophesied that it would happen in Toronto within a certain date range, and he got it right. I was told by a friend of his that when the Holy Spirit comes on him, guess how? And that sorry, in that in that that uh, Toronto outpouring. Many people would fall over in the power of the spirit. Many people would laugh or cry. And the manifestation, this guy, this prophet who prophesied Acri, you would say he must be moving in the spirit, really, to have got that right. The manifestation he has is actually physically nothing at all. Never anything. You can't say he's not full of the spirit. That was Mark DuPont. He spoke in Hereford Cathedral a while ago. And that and he, you know, around him, many, many manifestations of the spirit happen. But not with him. So I've been there, thinking, I haven't received you," it. But it's not about what is shown on the outside. It's about what God does on the inside. God fills you with his presence. His presence. You know, I'm so messed up with my experience of the Holy Spirit, I, I can't tell you the day I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. I can tell you I am. Because I've asked I've known his gifts. I know, I, uh, I know. And yet it might be your experience that you've got really confused and messed up by teaching that God's faithful to his promise. God's faithful to his promise. <coughs> uh, the other lie is that the Holy, the Holy Spirit's left me. The Holy Spirit left me. Have you ever felt uh, that the Holy Spirit so powerfully and then you don't. you don't feel anything. Yeah? And you think, has the Holy Spirit left me? Maybe I was just so bad, so sinful. Maybe I've grieved the Holy Spirit. Maybe I didn't use the gifts enough and it's, it's gone. Let's look at what the Bible says, the promise of God. Matthew 28, verse 20 says this, and Jesus said, I am sure and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age he will never leave us or forsake us. John 14, verse eighteen. Jesus again said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. You know, David, David in the Old Testament, he committed murder and he committed adultery. And when he repented, he prayed this prayer in the, in the led by the Holy Spirit, he prayed this, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. God didn't take his Holy Spirit away from him. If we can ever be so bad that the Holy Spirit would leave us, then we could never be ever so good they'd come in the first place. It's all by grace. It's all by grace. And the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you with his power. The Father wants to pour out this promise of the Holy Spirit on you. And Jesus, John the Baptist said, he is the one that will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. All three of the Trinity are totally agreed to fill each of you who ask, who are thirsty with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Argue with that? No. It wouldn't be good to argue. But, you know, we, we have... We have had our struggles at times, haven't we? Yeah? To come with expectation to God. But God wants us to come with all our struggles, all our doubts, and say, come, fill me. So that's how we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray in a moment. If anybody wants to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, or to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, why would not the Father, on Father's Day or any other day, want to give His Holy Spirit to His children. So we need to just believe the promises and ask. And I expect that when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit for the full time, first time, or you're filled again, this is what I expect. You'll receive power. You'll receive power. You might not feel anything. you know. If I'm to drop a battery in your pocket... You wouldn't go, oh, the power's there, but it's when God connects you to something that needs the power that the power flows. And you might feel something. It's not the point. Do you know, uh, Jackie Pullinger got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Hong Kong. She was a missionary in Hong Kong and uh, she received the gift of tongues. And the person that prayed for her, get them in tongues. No, no not really so well. I've prayed in tongues. I don't feel any different. And they said, no, it's, you've got to speak in tongues. It's not about what you feel. It's about, it's a spiritual thing. It's not an emotional thing. So she prayed in tongues uh, for 15 minutes a day. It wasn't easy. She set the clock, prayed in tongues for 15 minutes every day. And she noticed then that, um, that she would share the gospel with people, as she always had, but people were starting to... Maybe I'm learning Chinese better. Or maybe I'm learning to share the gospel better, but she realized that she was the only difference was she was full of the Spirit, that she'd spoken in tongues and filled, got herself filled up, filled up with the Holy Spirit, and but she felt no different. So I'm not saying I'm not saying expect to feel nothing. I'm saying expect to be filled in your mind, and the other thing I expect is that you will be given the ability to speak in tongues. In, at Pentecost, they all spoke in tongues. They all spoke in tongues. Now I had a big hang up about this as well, because as soon as I spoke, somebody prayed for me, I knew he was a great man, great man who if 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 he prays for me, I'll get it. And he prayed for me, and I, and I spoke in tongues. And immediately I thought, I made that up. I made that. Up. I feel so ashamed. But I didn't make it up, because you can't. And, uh, but I found that every time I went to prayer, I had this great desire to speak in tongues. And I go, oh, but I can't. But when I really believed, now oh, why would God not give me that gift? Why would I think that if I step out and speak, that he hasn't given me the gift? Do you know what? The Holy Spirit does not speak in tongues because he understands every tongue. We speak in tongues by the power. If, if you want to speak, you have to open your mouth and speak but the Holy Spirit will give you the words. Amen.